0: This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio.
1: I bought a pair of the teal gloves from you guys. Yeah. So Martin's like, Why did you buy them? I'm like, Because will <laughs> be wanted- important in my story someday, <laughs> yes, they're right? Gonna they're be gonna be a important part somewhere. of my story. And Dale was like, I heard you bought a pair of my gloves. He's like, I'd give them to you for free. <laughs> I'm like, I know. The whole point was I wanted to donate to the cause, you know. <laughs> Welcome to Kelly Earnhardt Miller's Fast Lane Family, presented by Wella Professional lawn care products that you can experience with your senses. Get high performance, you can see, touch, and sense. All
0: right, welcome to Fast Lane Family. Today, I'm really excited for lots of reasons to have a returning guest in studio. Miss Sherry Pollux is here with me today. Um, stick around also for our Wella Professionals Tip of the Week. Uh, we're going to revisit the proper way to use your blow dryer. But right now, let's dive right in with Sherry. We were chit-chatting it up here for a few minutes prior to getting on here and uh, catching up. We haven't seen each other since Daytona. So how are things going for you? Good. I feel great. It's good to see you. It is awesome to see you. Thank you. You are just I think just looking brighter and better every day. So (laughs) thank you. That's exciting. Yeah I feel good. It feels good to be normal and get up every day and back (laughs) in your routine
1: and after six months being cooped up at home it just feels good to have a normal normal life again.
0: The last time you and I talked was last spring, and it was shortly before. Well, I, let's see. Well, it was quite a while before your yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. And I, I know you've probably talked that over a million miles, but one of the things that I wanted to impress upon people really in your situation was the importance of knowing your body and the steps that you took for your diagnosis because you were diagnosed right away. No. Um, even though you were having symptoms and problems. So I wanted you to kind of talk about those symptoms and then your process for being diagnosed um, with your ovarian cancer.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really started not feeling well sometime around April or May. I remember now looking back, just thinking I knew something wasn't right. I just felt tired and and bloated, and, you know, I had had issues with my stomach kind of my whole life, my GI issues, and and that's really what the doctors attributed it to, um, which happens a lot with ovarian cancer. Uh, It gets misdiagnosed as irritable bowel syndrome or GI issues, and that's what makes this disease so dangerous is that by the time you know, a diagnosis comes along, you're so far staged in the process that it's really hard to get rid of the cancer. So, you know, I'd been going to the doctor for about four months, and nobody, nobody could figure it out. And, and I'd done ultrasounds. And every time I went to the doctor, my OBGYN kept telling me, Oh, you just have normal cysts which I know, I feel like, you know, your mom, like, it does happen a lot. It happens a lot when women are pregnant. And, um, and I was trying to get pregnant. So I feel like they just kind of wrote it off as, you know, here, here, look at this little screen. You've got some cysts in there. They're going down. Everything's going to be fine. And I trusted that. I never even thought to ask if they were cancerous or if, um you know, they could take a blood or any test. Testing or right, anything, right. Because there is really no testing. They can do a biopsy but there's there is no early detection test for ovarian cancer which is so sad we've you know we've in 40 years we really haven't come very far with this disease which i would like to change you know it's it it makes me angry that we we have all this technology and we spend all these billions of dollars on cancer research and we don't have an early detection test for a cancer that's preventable right it, we, it could be prevented and, and it could be something that is as simple as a blood test when you go to the doctor for your annual as a woman right um and it's not uh, i think a misconception is a lot of women think that when they go to the doctor yearly that their test tested and they for say it. everything's okay right, right right there it's there there is no right. test for ovarian um so you know by the time I don't know, right around, right before Watkins Glen race last year um, in August, Martin and I were supposed to go on vacation, and I still was just feeling awful, terrible abdominal pain, like shooting pains through my abdomen. And, I mean, just look, I just bend over and pain and cry. We ended up calling a a family friend of ours that was a gastro surgeon. (laughs) And in, in, in he's was kind of baffled when I called him. And I just said, look, I've been going to the doctor for four months. Nobody can tell me what's wrong with me. You know, is there anything you can do? And he said, yes. Has nobody done a CT scan on you? And I said, no, they've done ultrasound after ultrasound, but they keep telling me I have ovarian cysts. And he said, you need to be in my office tomorrow morning at 930 and we're going to scan you. That was right here at like yeah. Norman Regional. So I was there the next morning, just kind of, you know, welly around when I went in there, just not really thinking anything was going to come of it. Maybe I had like gallbladder stones or something. I would, the C word never yeah, crossed didn't. my yeah. mind. I mean, I'm 35. I had been perfectly healthy my whole life, had no family history. And 30 minutes later, they called me and told me to bring a family member back to the hospital wow. with me. And I knew it was, I guess your heart
0: just fell to your yeah, feet at that <laughs> point. I knew it
1: was bad. Martin said, I, I need to come pick you up. And I said, uh. You need to come pick me up. I was at work. And he said, yeah, I, I, the doctor called, and um, they want me to bring your mom with you. Oh, wow. And I said, okay. And so we got in there, and right when we walked in his office, he he wouldn't look at me in the eye, which was the oh,
0: first. We got to stop talking. <laughs> I know.
1: And I'm getting as,
0: teary-eyed. I know. Ah.
1: That day was horrible. Mm. I'll never forget it. It was August 7th, and mm. I got in there, and he just wouldn't even lift his head. He wouldn't even look at me. Oh, he just gosh. said I, that know. had to be
0: hard for him being such a close family friend yes. too. I and mean, he's yeah. someone that you guys um... we, we we had known
1: him through Martin's business manager. Yeah. And um and you know it, it was it was just so sad. You know for him to have to sit there and. And tell me that at 35 that, you know, I had had ovarian cancer. Yeah. It was hard enough if yeah. it was. But but then to tell me how late stage that was. Because I have, um, I was actually diagnosed with primary peritoneal carcinomatosis, which is um, cancer of the pelvic area. Because mine had already spread all through my abdomen. Mm-hmm. At that point, I remember just looking at my mom and Martin and just thinking, I mean, they were both bawling. And I, I, I couldn't even cry because <laughs> I was in such shock. I looked at the doctor and said, you must be talking to somebody else yeah. like that. I feel fine. I just have a stomach ache. He's like, yeah, well, that stomach ache is malignant. There's ascites going fluid in there. just uh-huh. floating in there. And we need to get you to a, a major hospital quick. Wow. Like tomorrow morning I was, I was at a oncologist's office. And wow. from then on, it was a blur. Five days later, I was in surgery for eight hours. Just picking through my insides,
0: just trying to pick all the cancer out. You talked about how, you know, nobody ever did the CT scan or anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just, that just seems, that just seems archaic. I mean, that I, just seems like too, totally. Right. Like, In this what, day and age. Yeah, with technology. Like, <laughs> and the fact that
1: I had great insurance, I look yeah. back and I can't understand why the doctor. Nobody ever just, made that call. Right. Why yeah. nobody just said, let's just look. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, four months is a long time yeah, for, that's a, That's it the scary thing about ovarian cancer is how quickly it spreads. Yeah. So four months is like four years yeah. in ovarian, you know, I, it spread so fast. Um, the minute that, that I, I got into trouble, I think too, is my, some of my cysts ruptured and, and then, you know, all that malignant fluid just travels through your abdomen yeah. and it's, and that's why I was it in just so much pain. To everything. It was attaching to everything. Yeah. And, you know, I think that looking back, if, I don't know. I've i beat myself up about maybe I should have been more persistent. You know, maybe I should have told them I was in more pain. Maybe I was too tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I, I have a really high pain. Could, right. Right. And, I can see I that. I feel like right. maybe I was just acting t- just too tough. I'd, I just never thought that I, I would have something like that. I never. But you
0: also really, you also, I mean, we as, you know, humans and going to the doctor, you trust mm-hmm what I did. they're telling you I and did. you know I, similar in 2007 I had a pancreatic I tumor remember that and mm-hmm. uh, thank goodness it was not cancerous but the same situation I went through a 12-week period I was you know doubling over mm-hmm. and uh, I care you know I went to the ER myself I said I can't do this anymore and for 12 weeks we going through the same stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you have this cyst. Um, it's just a cyst in your pancreas. Come back in four weeks. Well, I came back in four weeks and it had grew like an inch and yeah. like, Oh, well, this isn't a cyst. Then this is something else that sends you up to Baptist. And mm-hmm. you know, you're trusting what they're saying and doing. You um, do. Yeah. That thankfully mine turned out, uh, uh, you know, different than yours, but yeah. still, I don't know when we know how persistent know. to be. Yeah, you know? I, guess, I guess everybody I don't think me, like, you can beat yourself up over that. No, because you, I, you know, I don't. You're, you're looking trusting. back, I don't
1: think there was anything that I really necessarily did wrong. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I wish there was more awareness about yeah. this type of cancer for women. There's not a lot of talk about below-the-belt cancers for women, and it's sad. Yeah, you, the Breast cancer gets all the glory because of the Susan G. Komen Foundation and all these things she's done after her sister's death, which is wonderful. Right. And I'm so glad we've come that far. Um, I just am sad that there's not the same for ovarian yeah. because there's more and more young women every day that are getting
0: diagnosed. My doctor actually had a 9-year-old the other day oh, with it. Oh, wow. A, so it's well, not we like, just no um, woman's disease. Yeah, we went to the ER a uh, week and a half ago with Carson. She mm-hmm. was complaining about really sharp pain. I was thinking appendix. We we go into the urgent care and and he says, well, we don't have you know we don't have an ultrasound, CT or anything. And if this is appendix, you know, she needs to be seen right away. So we went down to the emergency room, and they did. We were there for six hours, but they did yeah. do an ultrasound um, and a CT scan. Ended up diagnosing her with a ruptured ovarian cyst. And wow, you know, she's fourteen. And that's and, uh, crazy yeah it is it is um, I mean I nuts. wish
1: that would have been me yeah. you know I wish that would have been that well simple. that's what I'm saying like,
0: we, we go to the ER for right. that we we get ultrasound a CT scan and right. you know so maybe I should have just things, taken myself but, to the ER but yeah but you know I've th- had that thought so I times. always have that guilty feeling of you know, not going to the doctor or going to the ER because it's like, Oh, well, you know, what if nothing's wrong with me? Then they're Mm going to think I'm stupid for coming in there. I know know, because I told them that this hurt. Yeah. But if you do find something out, then you're glad that you went. But yeah, um, I think you just have to be so
1: hyper aware of everything that happens with your body. I looking back now, even my family members were like, I remember you saying this and I remember your stomach being so bloated. And I remember you saying you were tired and your hair was starting to get kind of brittle. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, everybody remembers all these things, but nobody now. It's like Monday morning quarterback. Right, right. We're all looking back, and we, we can put the pieces together. Well, you chalk p- things time, up to,
0: yeah, you chalk. Well, I'm tired. I was perfectly well, life healthy. is super busy these days, yeah. or you know, you changed hair products or whatever yeah. it is. You know, I've I mean, never you, even had. Yeah, the flu. you don't think of of something going on in your body no. like that. Mm-hmm. So, where are you in your treatment plan right now? So
1: I did. Uh, you know, I had a a really crazy surgery. That was about eight hours long where they they just went in and picked all the cancer out. I did six months of my, what they call your frontline treatment, which um, was my intense chemo, which is, I I did a really unique type of chemotherapy called interperitoneal chemo, which is not, it's not super common, but it's been around for about 10 years and I had a port in my stomach. So it was actually right off my left rib. So the chemotherapy was actually pumped into not only my bloodstream, but into right into my abdominal port. So it's like a chemo wash in your belly and it, it and they actually turn you every 15 minutes to to kind of it's like a washing machine hmm. they just swish it around in there so that that was intense I was super tired and and just didn't feel great I didn't feel terrible but I didn't feel great and then once I finished that the end of January I got a month off and then now I'm into my maintenance chemo so I'll, I'll do chemotherapy now for another I have 10 more months of just once a month treatments you know, the crazy thing about ovarian is there's, there's not, like I said, there's not enough research on it. So they don't really know whether maintenance works for, for ovarian cancer patients. So you just kind of take a shot in the dark and do it and hope that it,
0: Hope that it works. Do you have scans to check to see where you are, or, or no? You that don't part of the really. I, yeah. you,
1: I mean, I've I, I've been scanned yeah. since the end of my frontline treatment, and my scans are all clear, which is good. You know, they don't want to expose you to the radiation. Yeah, so you right. try to do as the least amount of scans as you can. They more monitor your blood work. There's a tumor marker for ovarian cancer called your CA125, and that's what's really important for um, cancer patients that or pe- you know women that have ovarian cancer. Had had the doctor originally. That found my ovarian cyst taking a CA 125 on me. It would have it would have told them a lot. My CA 125 was 580 when I was diagnosed, and normal is below 20. Oh wow! So it would have been an yeah. instant red if flag. it was like been s- in a couple hundreds som- at that point, right? Four months before something was right. wrong. Something was severely right. Right. wrong. Right. So um, mine's eight now, which is awesome. So we'll just keep rolling with the the week the you know once a month chemotherapy treatments and see what happens and. The scary thing about ovarian is the the tendency for it to come back. It it has a eighty five percent chance of recurrence within two years. Wow. So you know if it comes back, you just fight it again. You just keep so fighting. in talking
0: about you know your diagnosis and how you got nos- diagnosed and these things that you look back on went. H- how much time have you spent mm-hmm. <laughs> researching? You know oh, the chemo God. itself and all of those things and what a you ton. can do to try to yeah. you know because there's so much out there about you know oh, the, what, every what we're cancer. eating. Yep. You know, Mm -hmm. the environment, all these things that are, you know, causing this and causing that. I think you
1: can kind of make yourself crazy. <laughs> you can. You can. Like we've, you've sent me some you articles. Can. We've gone through. We've, <laughs> yeah. We've done this. I, I, you know, I, I do pay attention to it for sure. I think, um, well, I mean, now I know more than I would ever want to know about cancer. You know, in general, yeah. how it, how it functions in your body, how the abnormal cells reproduce, and all these things, and what feeds it, and your diet, and the toxins in your environment. So obviously, our house is chemical free now. Which it, 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 we, we ate healthy and, and kind of lived a what I thought was a chemical-free life before. (laughs) Now it's kind of taken to an extreme. But um, I think, you know, I do think that all those things are great. I think that you can do things with your diet. I think you can take supplements, and you can exercise and take good care of yourself. I think cancer is a scary, scary, scary opponent for anybody. I think that it's one of those things that if it wants to come back and it wants to eat you alive, it's probably going to. And, um, you know, chemotherapy is is the best thing we have right now to help patients – fight it and, yeah. and it, it, as much as you don't want to pump those nasty toxins into your body it's the only shot you have yeah because not, not only are they
0: killing the bad stuff they're killing, they're killing, the, killing good the good stuff too, you which, know, which and, is why you yeah. don't feel good through yeah, it you know exactly
1: so i think if you can can build your body back up and your immune system back up that's all those are all good things that are going to play in your favor. Um, I just at times try not to make myself crazy because I want to still enjoy my life. I don't want to wake up every day and worry about whether my cancer is going to come back. Yeah, I just want to worry about that when it happens or if well, it happens. Well,
0: that, that kind of leads into my next thought for you. And, I mean, your strength and positivity over all that you've been through. How, how do you stay there and how do you get there for that positiveness and that kind of outlook on it, you know? I think that it probably took me a while because in the beginning I was –
1: so scared you know I was like oh my stare in death straight just the in the shock eye stare, yeah. yeah because just... they tell you not to go home and google it and of course that was the first thing <laughs> I did because every your natural curiosity is that you want to go you home do that google over it. everything <laughs> so my doctor um I texted my doctor and said you just gave me a death sentence didn't you and he wrote me back and said, stay off the internet. Yeah. And it, it's scary out there. What's What's on the internet for any symptom, mm-hmm. you know, for any type of... I have of...
0: three kids and I'm constantly Googling things. Yes. And yeah, it's scary. It is.
1: <laughs> so I, you know, I've really tried not to look at statistics of my disease. For one, I'm not the average person that gets it because I'm not between the ages of 50 and 65. Right. So I can take the chemo a little bit better because I'm younger and I'm stronger. And I think that plays in my favor. I've tried really hard to just worry about... You know, enjoying the moment now in my life now. Cancer is a crazy, a crazy opponent for me because it's it's something that you want to like. I look at it as a fight, but I don't. I want to just wake up every day and just kind of live in the moment because we should all do that every day. Almost just kind of forget that
0: you have it and just live. Yeah, Yeah, because you
1: know the reality is I could worry myself to death about it coming back, but I might walk out of here and get hit by a bus or get into a car accident. Right. So then I worried for nothing, and I and it robbed me of that joy that I could have had in my life if I hadn't worried so much about it. So I just don't want to get caught up in that. I just try to wake up every day and, and just be a positive person and and do good things for other people and spend time with my family making memories. And, and, you know, if, if, if eventually 10 years down the road, you know, I die from this disease, then I hope my legacy is that, you know, I, I changed it for other women so that they walk a different path than I, than I have, because it's a shame that we, there's not more awareness about it. It's just, it's so sad, you know, and I've, and Martin and I have done so much with cancer our whole lives with pediatric cancer that I guess there's a part of me too that just feels very lucky that I've lived such a good life and that I've lived a great 35 years. I mean, yeah, I'm not ready to die yet because I'm only 35, (laughs) but I mean, I see those kids and they're like, five and six years old in a hospital that bed going through it. and exactly. it's like if they can do it I can do it yeah. you know so I wake up every day and think of them too yeah. like if they're sitting in a hospital bed somewhere and they can't even get out of bed because of the chemotherapy then I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to I'm going to be strong
0: for them yeah, right. I'm going to show them that I can do this um, have you been blown away by the support of the community in NASCAR? Oh, yeah. Um, just, it's just crazy. I remember
1: I was thinking the other day because I was thinking about Steve Burns. and the, the, That's who know, popped in
0: my mind right then.
1: <laughs> the Bristol race, you know, being named yeah. after him. Yeah. What an honor. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, nobody wants to. I mean, it's like the honor you never want to have. Right. Cancer's like the club you never want to be a part right. of, you know. <laughs> so it's it's in some ways it's so bittersweet because, you, you know, you you want you're so overwhelmed that people care that much and yeah. that that many people love you but i remember thinking the other day about the that when I was home after my surgery and I was doing my intense chemo, um, this, I think it was Chicago or one of the races after I'd been diagnosed where they all had teal ribbons on mm-hmm. their cars with my name on it. Yeah. I remember just sitting on the couch in our house and just
0: bawling, just thinking how crazy that is. I right? just could right. not <laughs> believe that,
1: that people cared enough to even run a ribbon yeah. that had my name on yeah. it yeah. and that people were actually, you know, thinking about me while I was sitting at home fighting. Um, that gave me even more you know will to fight and, yeah. and to want to live and for my friends and my family and i just i think the nascar community is just so amazing it's like one big family and we all kind of come together we're competitors on the weekends but yeah we're really all so close and the amount of people that come up to me on a weekend at the racetrack is just sometimes it's overwhelming
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i get tired but it's, yeah. it's so cool to feel that loved yeah i i can imagine just telling the story and and you know seeing people for the first time that they yeah. haven't seen in a while and all yeah. those kind of things you know it's I just feel that way sometimes uh leaving the day here yeah and my mom might want to talk about some of the work and I'm like you know what? I'm just I've talked enough about yep. that I know. <laughs> you know yeah I feel like
1: now my my my, my whole life kind of revolves around talking about cancer which at times is exhausting uh, but I
0: get it yeah I mean I get yeah. it and I feel yeah. blessed that that many people yeah. even care to ask me yeah so exactly so you talked a little bit about Martin's reaction but how did you guys handle uh you you didn't go to the racetrack quite a bit yeah. last year yeah um, i bet that was hard and... i think that
1: the the hardest weekend for us was you know we found out on thursday august 7th which was the day that we were supposed to leave for Watkins Glen, right. and um we got home and martin was supposed to leave that night on the plane and i mean we were like, going to have surgery the next day and i'm having yeah. surgery well, well no oh you don't know yet i didn't ha- oh, i didn't know, know yet i was surgery. going to the doctor okay. the next morning and okay. he wanted to go with me okay. i was going to see a gynecological oncologist in charlotte But, you know, the last thing that Martin wanted to do in that moment was go to the racetrack. And I remember him looking at me and saying, I'm not going. And I said, yes, you are. (laughs) And he said, I can't. I'm not leaving you. And I said, no, you have to. Because you have to go pretend like everything's normal for now. Right, Because no one knew. We hadn't told our family. We hadn't told anyone. Gotcha, Um, gotcha. We didn't know where we were. We didn't know how far... At that point, we didn't know what stage I was. At that point,
0: you don't even know what to tell, right? No. We didn't even (laughs) know what
1: was inside of me. We didn't know how bad it really was at that point. We were pretty naive. I mean, we knew it was bad. Right. But we didn't know that I'd had it everywhere inside me. You know, sending him to the racetrack that night was horrific. Mm -hmm. I mean, horrific. So, just seeing him being interviewed on TV and having to act normal and pretend like nothing was wrong. Yeah. When I knew how bad he was hurting inside... So then, the ne- you know, fast forward to the next week, wh- Friday, the August 15th, my surgery, um, and him not being at the racetrack and not being at Michigan. And the first time ever watching somebody drive his car, I think for him was so hard, yeah. you know, because he, he wanted so bad to be in two places at once. He wanted to be there first team, but he wanted, he wanted that normalcy you, in his right? life. But the thought of leaving me at the hospital was just he couldn't do not it. Not going to happen, no. right? <laughs> no. And, and many times he's told me that the hardest part for him throughout this entire ordeal was was um seeing me in recovery in the hospital coming into the room because i mean i was hooked up to so many tubes and and you're very pale when you yeah. come out of surgery
0: like that after eight eight hours. Yeah, and plus they've been waiting all day. I remember my mom and them talking about they that. They were sitting. You know I mean? they're waiting, and, and mm-hmm. the minutes seem like freaking hours. days. And the I doctor comes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and here I
1: am. Like, I was at Presby, Maine in Charlotte, and, and my doctor's in there not knowing what he's going to see. You know, they cut me a little bit to do a radical hysterectomy, and then they kept having to cut me further and further and further, and they finally cut me all the way up to my rib cage. And um, I remember my doctor telling my father that he just – Said, you know, I finally just cut it all the way to her rib cage and just threw a prayer up and said, I just hope she survived. You know, mm-hmm. I hope she can make it through this because. I couldn't stop picking the cancer out of her. It was just everywhere. Wow. So I think for my family and for him, just my mom was telling me last night, she stayed the night with me. Just that was so hard for her to see him cry. He had to go outside because it was just so intense. Yeah. And then to have to get on a plane and go to Michigan to go qualify. And then, you know, get to the racetrack and all everybody's asking you about is is me. (laughs) So he couldn't really focus on the car. And then, and then having, and then. You know, I didn't know this till later, but he, he was, he flew back, you know, Saturday, as soon as he got out of the car after practice, then that race, his brother got into an accident and had a concussion. So then he had to wait for his brother and then came home and sat by my bedside I don't remember those first couple yeah. days in the hospital I was on so much medication but my sister said he just sat there and held my hand and just would not leave my side you know and then yeah and then Saturday night you got to get back on a plane and go back because you got a race Sunday I just can't imagine but even those
0: couple hours were important however long it was for... it was he was only there yeah. for a couple hours yeah. but to him it yeah. was
1: I have to be with her you know I can't leave her it was just crazy That part was not easy.
0: The the sitting home and watching him on TV and having people ask him about me was tough. (laughs) So when you sat down, you said, oh, I'm... You know, it's great for things to be sort of coming back to normal. What's the new normal for you every day? Yeah, that's the perfect, <laughs> that is the perfect the new way normal. to put, It's a new normal.
1: It's a new normal. I was reading Stuart Scott's book last night from ESPN. You know, he passed away January 4th, but he wrote this amazing memoir about his cancer um, for his daughters before he passed away. It's a great book. If, if you haven't read it, you should read it. Everybody should read it because it kind of makes you live in the moment and realize that, you know, there's so many things about cancer that are scary and that are, you know, nobody wants it, but there's, there's some blessings that come out of it too. make you change the way you look at your life and live your life. You know, I was thinking to myself last night when I was reading it, like, there's this I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. When you wake up every day, your life is just so different because you, you never go a moment where you don't think about cancer anymore. Your whole life just revolves around yeah. cancer. So I feel like it, your new normal is, is like kind of getting back to your old normal, but with your new self, <laughs> because your new self is not going to let you different. ever forget that you're really, you know, you're at the end of the day, you're sick. I mean, you're not, you know, your scans are clear, but remission is such a relative term. It's, it's a scary, it's a scary term I think in, in the cancer world because it just means that at that moment that the cancer is not not showing it rearing its ugly head right it doesn't mean that it's not going to be there you know so i just think that your new normal is to wake up every day and live each day like it's your last you know for me it's you know making memories with my family and spending time with martin and and you know some days i just go to go to work just to be normal you well, know i was going to ask you how yeah. have
0: you been able to uh get back into lavender and and, you know, how did you handle that being on the sidelines with well, your business? Oh, gosh. I You know, from the day that I was diagnosed, um, I remember
1: calling Ashlyn, my manager, who is Steve Addington's daughter, yes, yes. which is kind of cool. We've grown up around each other and telling her that you're going to have to. Take over, like you—you've got to run this business because I can't do it. I'm—I'm I'm not going to be there for the next six months, which was scary. because yeah. that's like my baby. Your baby, yep, yeah. Yep. So she's done a tremendous job, and everybody, you know, that's all the girls that work there. kind of took over and just said, "Don't worry about anything. Like we've got—we've got this. We can handle this. You know, it's not rocket science. Yeah, We're so right. close. We got this." <laughs> so they've done an exceptional job, and I really never had to worry about it. I never felt felt like I needed to to be back there. I felt blessed that I didn't have a job that I had to get up and go to every day because I really needed to focus on my recovery and getting better and and resting at home. I didn't need to be stressed or worried about about work. So I think, you know, some days it's just nice to, you know get up and just go to work I've I've tried to do that a couple times it's not really the same <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it doesn't really I, I, I love being there and I, I I I will always you know have my store and I, I really enjoy it and I love fashion it's been a huge part of my life but um but it's just at times when I'm there I, there's just other places I'd rather be because yeah. I'm missing out on a memory that I could be making yeah. with somebody that I really love and I want to spend time with so
0: that that part's hard yeah This has to do with fashion. It just popped in my mind. I was watching, um, I think it was What Not to Wear or something. And it was a um, young girl who had went to Rwanda Mm -hmm. and experienced something over there. She was a buyer for a big brand. And then she went over, had this experience, and she came back and she just, everything changed for her in her life. You know, she gave up her position as a buyer. Mm -hmm. Fashion was something that she totally at that point felt like, you know, it was you know, just on the surface mm-hmm. thing. And so she's on What Not to Wear, and they're talking about, you know, just how her friends and family are like, you know, all she is is in sweatpants and T-shirts every day. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't the person that we know. And she explained how that affected experience her, and that experience her. changed her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, you know, now if I go out and, and purchase this on clothes, I think about this experience I had and how that mm-hmm. money can help. And, you know, why was I doing this? You know, which I get, maybe not to the extremes that she was doing it. And she kind of got there too. She got okay with it to... To then put some stuff back into herself with yeah. it, you know, but kind of that same thing, you know, it just isn't isn't it's not the, same, the same, you know. It's I don't just, know your your priority or you just your, don't look at yeah, it. Your passion, the same. yes, yeah. you
1: you're still passionate about those things in your life, but you just, I don't know, you just look at everything yeah. different. Yeah. Cancer makes you look at the world through a different kind of crystal
0: ball. Yeah. it's just it just changes everything about you. So, ha- have you been involved in the buying and the whatnot for the business? You talk about any new trends well, for the summer.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Well, actually, yes. I just got back from market in Atlanta, which was so wonderful oh, cool. to Good. be back
0: and just to to, to to do
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. And just to see everybody. And, and that's kind of like my world. So when I, you know, walk into the showrooms, I know everybody yeah. and, and everybody was excited to see me, which was cool because I hadn't seen a lot of my, the, the designers in a long time and, and a lot of my reps. So I really enjoyed that. And it was like three days of just being normal, yeah. just kind of going back to whatever my old normal was. You know, we were there buying for fall, actually, because spring. We yeah. Buy, yeah. We You're so I know summer is over. Yeah, we're, we buy, you know, so, we're coming up on summer. We're coming up on summer. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, you're already buying next year's. Yeah, <laughs> we're already buying for fall. So, um, so it was it was cool to be there. And yeah, I mean, the trends for spring. Well, you've probably already seen most of them. There, you know, the camo is not going anywhere, which is cool for me and you because yeah, yeah, both of our These camo love we have. Yes. Yes. yes, yeah. We saw a lot of camo, and a lot of a lot of military-inspired stuff for fall and. And for spring, we've seen a lot of just pastel colors and yeah. brights and, you know, the mint and corals and all that good stuff. And yeah, the store we're is seeing beautiful all that coming right out Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. The store is it's so my store vibrant is and bright. Dangerous right now. <laughs> I try not to go in there. Every time I come home with clothes, Martin's like, what, what do we, we don't have any more room. I'm like, I know I need to, I need to stop doing that. Either stop um, or purge or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to purge your closet every now and then. But I, I really enjoyed, you know, just, just being at market and being normal. I've done some of the buying, but Ashlyn's honestly done a ton of it and she's done a great job job and I'm just lucky to have good people around me that have been able to help me you know
0: yeah she's definitely on top of it yeah she is so let's get into you talked a little bit about um, giving back you know this journey for you is there a focus that you want to look forward to on the varying cancer side and then we can also talk about your work um, you know on the children's side and get into a catwalk yeah I mean I'm so excited for Catwalk, yes. It's
1: May 13th. Uh, it's it's going to be at Marino's again in Mooresville. I
0: think you were going to walk, right? But uh, Well, I was, I, and then my schedule just got crazy, so, so I'm a, I'm you're, coming. You're coming. Which is okay, the first good. year that I've been able to come. I know. I'm so, so I'm going to come, Okay. and good. then maybe next week, next, next year, year you can we walk. can do something. Okay.
1: Well, <laughs> as you probably know by now, or if the fans don't know by now, mm. um, you know, it is... This year, it's all drivers and their, and their wives walking, which is really cool, or significant
0: others or, like, you family yeah. members. Can you talk about so, some of uh, the people that are participating, or yeah. you, is that top secret? No, nope. I've, I've, yep.
1: I think we could probably let the cat out of the bag because, obviously, <laughs> your your brother's walking, which yep. is so cool, him and Amy, his yep. girlfriend. So, Katie Kenseth and Casey Kane and Dana Patrick and... Eric Almirola and oh um, gosh, awesome! Yeah, we've got some, we've got some Delana Harvick, we've got some big names of people Exciting. that are coming out to support it. So, and they're all gonna walk with a child from Levine's Children's Hospital um, that's currently in treatment, which is for me just so bittersweet to see them, you know, get to come out for the night and and just be normal because yeah. I now I know how that feels, you yeah. know, I I felt for my kids before. I got sick and, and just had this immense appreciate appreciation for what they've been through, but once you go through chemotherapy. Now, you really understand it. now it's like I'm one of them. Yeah. You know, now I know what it's like to lose my hair and to lose my eyelashes and your eyebrows and to be tired and Now feel... you know
0: the emotion behind oh, all those gosh. things. Like you think it's a you roller coaster. Can, yeah, you think mm-hmm. that you know You think you, you know. know. right? And you think you know what their parents right. are going through, but, but I think until
1: yeah. you experience it you have no idea. Yeah. So I think it'll be it's gonna you're gonna need your tissues this year it's gonna be tough for me to stand up there everybody keeps asking me if i'm gonna walk this year and i'm not gonna walk because um i want to i want the focus to be on the kids Mm -hmm. and the the drivers uh I, everybody keeps asking me if I'm gonna be bald because you know I don't have much hair, my hair's barely grown back a little bit I, I don't know I haven't made those decisions yet. I'm like <laughs> how far i'm gonna I'm gonna take it'cause that's I, some I really, bold questions people are asking I know you. <laughs> people are are asking me all kinds of crazy stuff, but i you know I just we talked about showing a video that night about ovarian cancer that was mm-hmm. done on me um through the Charlotte checkers. For their ovarian cancer awareness game. And I just decided I didn't want to do that. I really want that night to be about pediatric cancer. Well, it has
0: been for this long. That's right. And, um,
1: and just because of my disease, yeah. I, don't, I don't want that night to be about, it's not about me. Yeah, you it's can, not about well, me. Well, you
0: can just work that in a different way. I mean, yes. there's something else that can come out of that that yeah. can go a different path. Yeah, and um, I think
1: eventually down the road, you know, I do want to do a lot with ovarian cancer awareness. I'm working with the Ovarian Cancer National Alliance, which is a huge organization. They're, they're worldwide and, and their sole purpose is to find um, therapies and medicines and help survivors. And that's all they do. They're kind of like the Susan G. Komen of ovarian cancer. And I've, I've been working with them and I'm going to be doing some stuff for them on world ovarian cancer day, which is coming up on May 8th um, in New York city. But I just, I I want to do that part of my life. I want to focus on it. It's just hard to, to, Give it the attention it deserves when I'm still in treatment. I, I, yeah. And I've I've kind of cautioned people about that because I, I get asked all the time, when are you going to do ovarian cancer awareness stuff and what are you going to do to help other people? Well, I I am doing stuff now. Yeah. I'm just doing what my body's allowing. Well, me you're to only do. seven or eight months into the whole I'm process. Only, eight yeah. months, you know, I'm I mean, still
0: like I'm still a little shell shocked by my diagnosis. That's what I was just sitting here thinking. Yeah. You almost need that time to pass to oh, yeah to really mm-hmm. make sure that your focus is what you want it to be. I mean, th- like this yeah. has only been a seven or eight month process. Yeah, I mean, And you know, you know what I think is interesting? I read this last night, in Stuart Scott's
1: book. He said, he said, you know, they don't, they don't consider you, consider, you know, a, a cancer survivor until five years because technically remission, they want yeah. you to be in remission for five years before they consider you cancer free, which I still think is kind of, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'll tell you how <laughs> Stuart Scott feels about it. He said in his book that he thinks that it's BS. He thinks that the minute that you get up that next day after you have cancer and you start treatment and you you become that person, you're a survivor. You're a survivor because you made it through all those things. I made it through that surgery and I made it through my, my frontline treatment, so I kind of feel like sitting here. I'm a survivor. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be or for the next ten years. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have a crystal ball, right. but you don't know if you're going to be here in ten years either. Right, right. So what makes you any different right. than me? Other right. than that, I have cancer. Right. So I don't. I don't, I don't know. Like I want to, I, I want to I wanna do all those things. I just want to kind of come into them slowly. Yeah. I don't want to jump into the pool. We all know at, when that's saving people. Know, yeah. yeah, yeah know I know when that's right yeah, for you. I think so too.
0: So the catwalk, anything new and different going on this year for catwalk versus prior years? Um, well, just, you know, the, the fact well, that all the drivers, the, yeah, right, the drivers, right.
1: there's more kids this year. I think this year we have 10, 10, children from, from Levine's that are all in different, various forms of treatment yeah. or disease. I don't know. There's going to be some cool things going on that night. I don't know how much I'm supposed to let the cat out of the bag, but, <laughs> um, there's going to be some cool musical performances and some neat stuff the kids are going to do nice. on the runway, which we've never done before, which cool. I think is going to going to be a tearjerker. And the fans can actually watch it. It's going to be on speed51.com. They're oh, gonna great. So they're going stream to so oh, nice. stream it. You can um, It's $10 to register, and the $10 is going to go
0: straight to the donation to the hospital, oh, cool. which is awesome. So, so you, if people want to come to the event, there's still tickets available there's still tickets, the public. Yep. I'm, and I'm, you can do that at uh,
1: org or they can go to catwalk number four, a cause.org. Okay. Um, they're both available. There's like, there's like a hundred tickets left, um, which for us is huge. Cause we seat like 550. Yeah. We, we sold out of our VIP area and our VIP seats, which has been awesome. Um, the community is just kind of rallied around this event. There's nothing like it. Which yeah. Is- It's just so cool. I mean, there's just something about that (laughs) night that is just the silent auction and the, you know, the the raffle and everything that they do that night to kind of make it fun is is awesome because all that raises money. But there's just something about just seeing those kids when they walk the runway that if you don't have a teardrop on your
0: cheek, then something's wrong with you. I think you know. Everybody thinks you know who gets to walk on 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 a runway. You mm-hmm. think New York City and yeah. Paris and Milan and all these places. You know it happens right here in Mooresville. That's why I can't <laughs> wait to see Dale Junior do it.
1: I, I really, honestly, was so surprised. i that surprised your brother that he said yes, <laughs> agreed to do it. I, Amy probably had a little something to do with that, but yeah. But you know, Dale came to our painting with pizza event that we did with yeah. the kids, and and he painted. Um, he's gonna. Some of his art is gonna be auctioned off the night of the event to benefit the hospital. Mm-hmm he met the little boy he's walking with and just kind of bonded with him and that yeah. little boy is actually back in the hospital now and it's it's we're not sure if he's going to be able to walk so our oh, thoughts dang. and prayers are with them but i feel like you know dale has just become this person like it's been kind of neat to see him yeah. change and he's just got such a big heart and it, he doesn't realize how much it
0: means he to him he doesn't Oz realize that, the impact the impact for other he's people. going to right, have right. when
1: he walks out there that right. night and that little boy is just, I mean, Dale changed his life that yeah. day. It's oh, just so cool, cool to think that you can do that for somebody. You know? I was just
0: sitting here thinking, you know, actually, your diagnosis spurred the whole mm-hmm. glove process I, that Dale I was so um, excited. When I heard that right? you guys were doing that. Yeah. I was like, this so So now he's so picked cool. the calls each month, and um, awesome. we, we backed off of, you know, every week because I yeah. said, you know, eventually. Yeah, you know, we give away much. thirty-six pairs of gloves. Yeah, it's kind of a lot. <laughs> Once a month is a good. It's such a cool program. You, or you guys want the doing. demand to be there for mm-hmm. it, you know. So that was kicked off yeah. with, with October last year. And, yeah. Uh, well, Once September. He was. Is, I uh, mean, September. September. Yeah. It's ovarian cancer awareness month, and so actually,
1: I bought a pair of the teal gloves from you guys. Yeah. So Martin's like, why did you buy them? I'm like, because <laughs> this will I be wanted... important in my story someday, <laughs> yes, they're right? going be an important part of my story. And Dale was like, I heard you bought a pair of my gloves. He's like, I give not give them to you for free. I'm like, I know the whole point was I wanted to donate to the cause, you know? So I'm, I'm so, I feel so honored that he did that for me and that he, and that I got a pair of those gloves and they, they sit in my, in my room and at home and it's just every time I look at them, I'm like, that's just
0: so cool that he, yeah, I think the whole process and each month I've, I've enjoyed like when i watched race this weekend i was like oh yeah white for child abuse yeah prevention and so so it's very cool to see that process Mm -hmm. um talk a little bit about the money that you guys raise at catwalk and and how that helps levine's and and where it helps
1: yeah we actually have a special needs fund at levine children's hospital which took us a couple years to come up with um we really just would meet with the hospital and realize that there's so many expenses outside of their medical expenses um i mean the medical expenses are huge but a lot of a lot of the the families that have insurance, you know, their, their insurance will pay for the kids to get treatment, but it won't pay for them to get to the hospital and to get the treatment. Some of them come six, seven hours or drive from halfway across the country to come to Levine's to get treatment. You know, our, our special needs fund there takes care of so many different things. So the family doesn't have to worry about all those needs that, That you still have at home that you don't want to be thinking about when your child's in a hospital bed. Paying the light bill and paying for groceries and and most of them can't go to work. So just just taking care of all those expenses outside of, and some of them are medical expenses, but the majority of them aren't. And those are all those things we don't think about. The plane tickets to get the family there. You know, that if the Ronald McDonald house is full, where are we going to put them? In a hotel, you know? All of those things our fund is just growing and growing there it's it's just gotten out of control huge so uh, it makes me so proud um <laughs> that those families can apply they go through yeah. a social services person and they can apply for money for the funding and and it's as simple as us just writing them a check it's nice to know that that that's together. there yeah, yeah. we we'll we things. dealt
0: with that a little with our receptionist as two year old grandson was diagnosed with brain cancer And had to go to, uh, this is, he's, I think he's been um, cancer free Mm -hmm. uh, for over a year now. And uh, they had to go to Jacksonville and, you know, the parents I mean they had to go be there with him so they they had to be away from their job yeah. so they're not getting any income I know. they had their house payment and all their things here they've got to pay for housing there mm-hmm. and you know you're going to try to go stay there and stay there for just a. they were there for a few months um, it's hard to find a yeah. place to be for a few months that's not outrageous so um, we were lucky that we were able to help them through the foundation but How many families go through that on an everyday basis? Terrible. I mean,
1: mean, there's so many expenses you don't think about. And this year, I think um, we're doing a new thing at Levine's where we're going to actually hire a nurse, and she's going to. It's it's for like a research and development program there to help with pediatric cancer, and she's going to be dedicated just to that particular project, which is kind of cool for us because we've never the hospital's never been able to hire one, um, so we'll pay her salary and we'll take care of all the research and the funding. And so there's some there's some cool things coming down the pipeline too of just different um projects we're going to do with the hospital to help with pediatric oncology which is
0: huge that's nice yeah. awesome good stuff we'll end on a real real positive note martin's having a heck of a year this year from your perspective what do you see different going on uh with him and his team this year you know i don't know everybody keeps you know towards <laughs> the end. everybody wants to know that question yeah yeah it's i think like on a streak question. of top tens the I whole know. season here seven yeah um so pretty crazy yeah.
1: him and i think carvick and logano are the only three um you know, I, towards the end of last year, like right around, well, when we went to Daytona this year and he did Media Day, um, I remember talking to Martin's general manager, Joe Garon. He was like, you know, at, at Media Day, everybody kept trying to, trying to, like, blame Martin's performance on your cancer. Like, n- not, not like. I don't know if blame is the right word, but, oh, you well, had to give him because, an excuse. Right. You know, you know things right, at home. Weren't. Right. And and I think that's total BS because Martin was running like crap last year, way before <laughs> I got diagnosed. So, so and Martin told everybody that. Yeah. So we, we kind of were like, eh, that's, that's not, that's not a correct assessment of how the season. And if you look at the end of the season last year. It really those were his really best finishes yeah, that's what I was going to say finish. we had <laughs> last
0: year one top five and five top ten. so that's that's uh, th- the way they do that math that's just really only five yeah. finishes because five top tens includes that top five right. I never understand this whole math thing about yeah. how they do that but so five out of 36 races and now yeah. he's had seven you and seven only races. had well yeah I'm, I'm sitting here no that can't be the that yeah. can't be the reason because no. you're talking about August to November so, right and we had 36 <laughs> events So and one of those top we five were, was in yeah we, we were, were headed down the wrong road way before then right right so (laughs)
1: So I've kind of felt like going into this year, you know, things were going to be better because of some changes that they had made internally and some things that they were doing with RCR with their alliance there. And, um, you know, just coming out of the box of Daytona and having a good race there in the shootout. Yeah, that gives you you confidence, by the way. And I think Martin and his new crew chief, Cole Pern, have just kind of clicked and everything's – they just – get each other you yeah. know sometimes that just has to happen like that it chemistry is so just, important yeah yeah and I think that you know they've got some they were trying to reinvent the wheel too much last year with their bodies and stuff and this year they they're just rolling with yeah. it and it's what whatever they're doing is working <laughs> and I think you know he's a totally different person I mean he's just not only at the racetrack but at home he's yeah. just
0: happy you know he's just well, I that think, it helps a lot I mean that that change of mm-hmm. 2010 for Dale in 2011 I mean that confidence yeah. goes such a long way It does. Yeah.
1: Um, And I think, you know, I watched an interview that he did not too long ago. And somebody asked him, you know, how it was the Wendy Venturini interview that played before the race um, at Martinsville. And, and we really struggled with whether to do that, because we're such private people, we really didn't want to talk a a lot about what I had been through. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to do it because we wanted, we wanted to create awareness about ovarian cancer. We wanted people to know what i had been through. And she asked him, like how he's changed like how he's a different person and he, I just looked at him wanting to hear his answer thinking you know I don't I, I know how he's yeah. changed but I want to hear him say it yeah and he just said everything about my life is different my perspective every single day that I wake up is different well, he's also in my a life. new self mm-hmm. to, to, you, I think you just you know? wake up and you just your life is just different after somebody yeah. close to you gets a a grim diagnosis yeah. like that everything changes and so for him I think both personally you know and professionally all he had so many changes and they've all been for the positive this year and we kind of needed some good karma yeah. you know yeah <laughs> we were kind of <laughs> due for some good karma so it, it felt really good to, to come out of the box like that this year and I'm just so happy for his success and for his team and yeah. I know Dale tweeted not long after I think three or four races in something about, you know, how about my my buddy, you know, Martin Trex Jr. and the single-car team out of Denver. They're doing it. And he put a little punchline. Yeah, yeah, And I was so, like, I thought that was so cool that Dale recognized that. Here's this little team out of Denver. You know, they're not even in North Carolina. Yeah. They have b- – Virtually no support out there besides their <laughs> RCR alliance, which I know is you know huge, right. but but it just but you know, still
0: distance creates yeah you know issues. Yeah. I mean we're, here you we're have these forty huge miles away from Hendrick, right? And we, you know it's still distance is still exactly, you know. and
1: you have these huge multi-car teams like Hendrick, Stewart-Haas, and Stuart Haas, and, yep. and and they're and they're like he's bumping yeah. tires with them every weekend, running right right beside them, yeah. you know. And I think for him that's probably such a good feeling because he never lost his confidence, but yeah, he needed to he needed to have that to come out this year. And yeah, good, it's been so. fun
0: for Elden. Debbie and I, because we'll, you know, we we'll are be watching the race, and if Dale Jr. isn't in contention to win, but Martin's been right up there. Yeah. And uh, did he finish second somewhere a few weeks ago or third. I, mean, I don't I know, it's top so. five or yeah. so. And, man, we were both like, man, we wish Martin could win, you know. And, yeah. I mean, that's a different thing for us to be talking about, for him to be up there in contention to yeah, see somebody. Yeah, it's crazy because
1: <laughs> I, I noticed, like, after the – when we were in Daytona for the sprint shootout and, and a couple of the other – or the sprint, whatever they call it now, the, there was a couple other races where – I saw that a lot of his competitors were going on Twitter saying, "Man, <laughs> I would give anything to see him in victory lane. Yeah. Like it would be so cool to see him yeah. win." And I thought to myself, "What an honor to have your peers feel that way about you, because yeah. you know how they're racing for are. they want to win, exactly. Competitive, right. exactly." Here is all these guys talking about how bad they want to see him awesome. in victory lane, which I yeah. thought was
0: so cool. So hopefully that'll happen sometime this year. I feel like it's only a matter of time. Yeah, It keeps up this performance, definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely has a lot in his favor to happen. So are you traveling? You're getting back on the road, traveling to most of the races? Yep. I've been traveling. Um, I,
1: you know, I was telling you before we went on air that, you know, this Texas was tough on me because I had chemo Monday and, I didn't, you know, the night races used to kick my ass when I'd come home and how they really, was, now they really, now I told Mark, we got in the truck and Mark, it was like two thirty three in the morning. Martin looked at me, and said, are you, I bet you're tired. I said, you have no Ugh. idea. My body's just exhausted. Just sleep all day so, the day yeah, after. <laughs> I mean, we relaxed yesterday at home with our family and just kind of hung out on the beach and hung out on a boat and stuff. And it was really nice to have a Sunday at home and spend with family and. I enjoy the traveling. I mean, there's times, you know, I, I, I'm i sitting there in the bus and I'm like, God, there's so many other places I'd rather be. Like, I'd rather be in Hawaii right now or, you know, I want to I have this like bucket list of places I want to go visit and things I want to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's so important to be there for him and support him. And he's been there for me through this entire yeah. ordeal. And I just can't imagine just we're you know leaving aside. Yeah. i have a hard time leaving him now I've kind of become a baby <laughs> i used to be so independent and now uh, if he if he leaves and goes away to like test or something or go to the racetrack like, oh. i'd sit on the front porch and cry it's horrible <laughs> I've, I've just turned into this person i don't i don't recognize but uh, it's been nice to spend time together on the bus and yeah kind of have our normal back
0: you know Yeah, i enjoy it awesome well this has been great and uh good to catch up and if you wanna head out to the catwalk, folks, remember that you can go online and buy those tickets. It's I can't wait to go. Like I said, it's gonna be my first time out there and is LW coming with you? Yeah, LW's coming oh, with good. me. Yep, yep. You so, guys are gonna enjoy it so much. Yeah. Such a fun I am. event. You know, I see see the books and the videos and the pictures yeah. and all that fun but stuff. But there's nothing like there's being There's nothing there. like experiencing it. So. You're a mama. You better bring some tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a crier. Oh, you're in trouble. That's what Dale says. Well, you cried everything. <laughs> like, then you're yeah. probably really going to cry when he walks with his
1: little boy. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think it's uh, tough when you're a parent to yeah. see. Yeah. Because you, you, yeah. you, um, you see those kids and you think, that could be, yeah. my, that could be my kid. Very real. Yeah, yeah, you just, you can't imagine that being your child. Yeah. You, you don't, it's like, like I said, it's that I'm already full of
0: that kind of compassion and empathy mm. for people anyway. So yeah. when Dell meets Make-A-Wish Kids or, oh, yeah. you know, we, I remember last year um, during the uh, race season, we came across something online of a gentleman who had, I believe he had pancreatic cancer and he's since passed away. He had a bucket list mm-hmm. and someone came across online and sent it to us. And we're like, on the bucket list was to meet Dale Jr. He, he wanted to take his family just for portraits, I mean, simple things, and we we made a few of the the things happen for him. But he and his kids came here, and he was great, but his kids, I mean, it broke my heart. His daughter was 14, couldn't even hardly communicate because she was so upset. Just, I mean, you're sitting here, you're talking to someone who has a terminal illness, Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, how you interact with them, and and, and you're, you're feeding this, desire that they have and and you're staring at two children that he's going to leave they were 14 and 11 or 12 and and the boy was you know the boy was just being a boy he was all into the cars and everything but the girl was it was extremely tough for her, and she was just so sweet, and and she drew some pictures for Dale, and it just that that really tore on my heart. I'm a softie for stuff like that. Yeah, that's just, tough. Yeah,
1: but just, what an but what an honor to be able to do something like that for. Family. Well, it made the dad
0: it's, the dad was beaming because yeah. he was. I mean, his bucket list was things that included his children. I mean, he, he wanted to experience everything. Yeah. You know, he was living life to the fullest and experienced everything he could. Yeah. So, so yeah I mean I always
1: think that the, for them you know to be in that position to be able to make somebody's dream yeah. come true like that and yeah. to, to be able to fulfill something that they've always yeah. wanted to do before they pass away is it's got to be the coolest feeling yeah. you know to, to be to, in that position as a celebrity to yeah. be able to do that and make their dreams come true is such an honor and I don't know. You know, it's so nice that you guys are able to do that with the Make-A-Wish kids and make a
0: difference in our It's always hard for Dale to feel like, gosh, you know, they want to come meet me. You know, what's what's so big about me, you know? I always tell him he's like Elvis. (laughs) He's like Elvis. People just go crazy Uh, when they see him. And he's got a personality that people can relate to. And I think that, I mean, I think that's why, you know, people do want to do things like that because they feel like he's just Mm -hmm. like him you know they can just you know buddy right up to him and have this great conversation so yeah well good this has been fun to catch up thank you for having me it's time now for our tip of the week brought to you by wella professionals this week it's the perfect way to style your hair using a blow dryer the wella professionals recommend that first you have a blow dryer with two to three speeds and a cool shot button Okay, I've passed that test. Before you begin, uh, it's important to use a heat protectant. It protects against excessive heat and keratin loss in your hair. And here are the steps to blow dry your hair that salon, well, a professional, perfect way. Always start with your blow dryer on high air but low heat. And use your hands to remove 30 to 40% of the moisture. Then if you're looking for some volume, which I desperately need, Apply the product of your choice at that point and focus on your root area. Proceed to blowing out your hair to 80% dry before using a brush. And for volume, you can use a round brush. Uh, another good tip for me. It's very important at this point to use the Cool Shot button to remove any heat left in the hair before styling. See, I've always wondered what that button was for on my I hair no dryer. I had either. <laughs> I just <laughs> never, never even used it. <laughs> yeah, I pushed it before <laughs> to see what would happen, but... <laughs> Also, apply hairspray generously after blow drying, and that helps cool and set volume before, you know, you might want to manipulate it with your fingers and and put some different hairs in place. Of course, everyone's hair is different, so finding a styling product that works for you is key, but here are a few recommendations from the styling professionals at Wella. For prep time, you can use Wella Thermal Image Heat Protection Spray. For wet styling, you can use Wella Professionals Natural Volume Mousse. And for dry styling, you can try the Pearl Styler to reveal a sheer shine. You can purchase all of the products mentioned today or any Wella Professionals product at any of the 782 Ulta stores nationwide or purchase online at ulta.com. All right, well, thank you for joining us for this week's Vaseline Family and hope you'll tune in next time.
1: Fastlane Family has been brought to you by Wella Professional Hair Care. Multi sensorial hair care products that you will see, touch, and sense the difference from your very first wash. Hair care needs from fine to normal to color to coarse, Wella's got you covered. Wella Professional Hair Care products are available at over 780 Ulta stores nationwide. Visit Ulta.com to find the store nearest you.
0: Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio.